You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. This is Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the one day I need Diamond Dave Kaplan to be here to be the adult supervision when we talk about golf, he is in Greensboro. We warned him. Probably sitting under a waterfall right now because that's what he does. We warned him if he wasn't here, then we were going to take over the golf discussion, yep. which is going to go down in flames. It probably <laughs> will. And when it does, somebody has to pay the price. So I think Trent may get fired by the end of the day. So let me take a stab at it real quick. Please. Well, so, wait. So Tiger, Anybody listening, if – my uh, email address, if you want to interview me for your show, <laughs> it's T. Nigno. <laughs> so, Tiger was competitive. He was three shots out, heading into the bear trap, and then he went into the water. Because water was pin side. But that's a good thing, because it means Tiger was going for the win. He was, he was going flag hunting, and he just ended up in the water. How about that? Is that, that pretty was good enough? Pretty perfect. Well, you know, Brandon, he uh, he went double double bogey on that, and then bogey the next hole. But he came back strong. He looked real good. And look, all I need to know is that I saw Tiger Woods hit a nine iron, 181 yards to about 10 feet from the pin. That really, truly is all I needed to see to know. Tiger's going to be okay. His drive has been the worst part, and that's it what's really so is. funny to me. Well, it wasn't even just the fact it was the drive, but you saw there on the on Sunday, he left a three-wood way out right, mm. and that's where it started to kind of come apart for him. But here's my thing with Tiger. Tiger's back in the, fa- in the saddle for the first time in forever. To beat these kids that are out there right now, he is going to have to play – at a very high level, even for him and what he's physically capable of now. Now, the likelihood that a month after he started playing competitively again, he's playing the best golf he's going to play is probably a silly idea. So he's going to continue to get better, and assuming he can stay healthy, I predict he wins a couple tournaments this year. I think you're right, but don't you think that the fact that you have Justin and Dustin and Spieth has a lot to do with the fact that he hasn't been able to break through yet. Like, just think about if the old days, if it was just him and Phil. You know, I don't think he's played well enough to break through, but it's got to have a it's got to factor in. I think these, you know, I guess in terms of the what top six golfers that are going right now, that's some pretty tough competition. Well, sure they are, and these guys physically that that's something that I look at right now, and I know that we talk about Tiger versus. Jack Nicholas in terms of, of physical ability. And by the way, did you see Jack Nicholas on the air this week? God, he looks good. 
I mean, he's you know he looks like he can get back out there and, and wear some folks out. I hate um, people like that. People who age well. I hate you guys. Well, and Nick Faldo in the middle of of the Sunday coverage put him on blast and was like, "I heard you're colorblind," and I didn't know that Jack Nicholas was colorblind. But it was a, like an awkward moment, and he was making fun of a tie that Jack was wearing. It's kind of bizarre. You know, Jack should have just said, well, I know the ball's white, and I put it in the hole. How many did you win, Faldo? <laughs> yeah, I, you know. You don't go, Han don't Solo. Go, don't go poking that bear. <laughs> See what I did there? No, I mean, Jack Nick, Jack Nicholas. Um, anybody know where he went to college at? Anybody know where he played college Ohio at? State? The Ohio State. Get that straight. The the no, Okay, good. But anyway, it. back to Tiger. I think that these kids that have come along, they're just physically better athletes than a lot of the folks that he was playing with um, during his heyday. And these kids are hitting it a little bit longer. They've been playing since they were a little bit younger. And I think that the pool of golfers from which the very best in the world have ascended in America is just a lot bigger than it used to be. The ironic part of that is that Tiger Woods is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Sam Burns played with him yesterday. Sam Burns, last year's college player of the year from LSU. And Sam was asked, did you ever have you ever played with Tiger before? And he said, "Yeah, on the video game." <laughs> you know, think about what Tiger Woods did for the PGA and these kids that were coming along. Golf became cool. Yep, I think 90 percent of those guys all—that was it. They of, wanted to be Tiger Woods. Of course. I mean, it's hard to imagine a kid growing up in America over the last twenty years, up until about five years ago or so, if you asked them who their favorite golfer was or who they looked up to I mean it was Tiger Woods Mm -hmm. well I think that's good that that's happening and we need more of that for golf because you and I golfed Saturday at a municipal uh, municipal course and all these rules and this hoity-toity what is it what am, what's the word I'm trying to think of I bad golf I don't I don't know what you're trying to think of (laughs) I mean so the, essentially, I think it's just too much of a stuffy sport for me. Like too you're many going rules. out. What? You, well, I, I just feel like stop. there's there's. So one of the things we did is my buddy who invited me to golf didn't call ahead, so we just showed up and we're like we're ready to get on yes. now. So the pro was like, "Are you going to tell the story?" Just real quick, just real quick. Oof. I don't give you your ver. You give me your version. But basically, what happened was. Is we had we got behind some really slow golfers. Wait a minute, let's give this context. The first tee. Yeah, let's give this context. We we showed up at the golf course. Unannounced. No unannounced. tee time on a, on a Saturday, Saturday, and the weather was beautiful. It was like so we 80. had the same idea that everybody had. So we showed up, and the starter did tell us, "I can get you on. I got a cancellation. So head on out to number one." Well, we get to number one, we get our spot in line. And there's a couple, there's a group in front of us. It's actually a pair in front of us. We that took 25 minutes to get wait, from T to green. Yes, no, 25 minutes to get down to the fairway and hit their second shot. So we're sitting, and while we're watching this group, Brandon goes back in, buys an adult beverage or four, comes back out, and these guys are still down in the fairway messing around. Now, as we're talking about how long a day it's going to be, the pair in front of us, we didn't realize until the passenger in the cart got out was about eight years old. And first, he was first time he's ever played. Yes, he was there with his dad, and his dad's like, "Yeah, guys, we'll go as fast as we can, but this is the first round he's ever played in his life." 
And I was like, oh, he my even God. did the fake exploding golf ball yes. on this kid. Yes, there they was were, powder everywhere where he let what? him hit the exploding golf ball. So you're talking about it's going to take a minute, right? Why didn't they so, let you pass him? Well, that that's the first question. But here, that's neither here nor there. So we did what any – I don't want to call us rednecks. But we did what uncouth people would do no, we in did, that situation. Uh, we did or something we common. To. We used common sense. We looked over at 10 that's right there. And there was people getting right out of the tee box with nobody else there. There's two of us. I said, hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's go ahead and jump on. <laughs> so that's what we attempted to do. Then and, what happened? And now, now, to be fair, it is clearly marked all over the course. You can't start on 10 without permission yeah. from the clubhouse. So we get down there, and we're about to tee off. And then what happens, Brandon? Well, two guys roll up. Didn't realize it was going to be a foursome. They were nice. We were chatting it up. We're we're about to tee off. We're just waiting for these guys down below. And then the second cart comes up, and the golf police jumps out of his cart and goes, did the starter start you on 10? Did the starter start you on 10? And I answered him, no, he didn't. About what, four or five times? Yep. And he goes, no, it's cool. And then that's about the time I lost my temper. I said, no, it's not cool. I didn't say this to his face because I'm working on my anger management. Chris, is this not a real thing right he now? A, he did a good job of restraining himself. It was funny because the guy repeated, no, it's cool. It's cool, but you just have to have permission to do that. It's cool, but you 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 got to have permission to do that. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to play peacemaker. And Brandon has turned his back on this dude. And is mouthing cuss words, and this guy just keeps walking forward. And it's just a pair of us now. It's not like we're gonna hold them up. We'd have gotten well in front, well ahead of them. But the fact is, is if I could have run right up to the clubhouse, he would have put us ahead of them. He would have stuck us right ahead of them. But you know, I was honest and said, you know, that's the kind of golf etiquette that I can't stand. Like, why can't you just use some Common sense instead of trying to undress me in front of your buddies, okay? Because I could clearly kick your behind <laughs> if it really got down to that, okay? But I walked away like a man. We walk up to the – we pull out. We get out of their way. He goes, you know, he goes, yeah, that's right, kind of. Yeah, he did. It was it was wild. And I was like, this guy didn't have any idea what he just avoided by a hair's breadth. And. Um, so we go up to the clubhouse, and I talk to the starter. He goes, yeah, so go ahead and start on 10. No big deal. Yeah, so we went down there and then got held up by them all day, and we finished about five and a half hours later. But I digress. So and we really did. They played so slow all day and held us up. And, oh, my God, I, really want, awesome. I wanted to hit into them. So, <laughs> so do you think, though, if you would have stayed at one, the dad and the son would have let you Oh, pass? no. And it wouldn't have made any difference. It was, it was that slow. And good for the golf courses. They well, made a million bucks. We actually called once we found out that we couldn't get on, and I called down to Quail Ridge and said, hey, can we get on there? And they were like, sure, in about an hour and a half. Well, to add some more context, oh. right before this guy, this uh, golf god, <laughs> rolled up to set me straight, I pulled my driver out. This is the first time I played. <laughs> this is the first time I played this year. It's only a year old. I bought it brand new. There's a crack right across the face of my, my essentially brand new driver. And then I'm going, oh, my God, look at this. I'm going to have to buy another $500 driver. And this guy rolls up and starts setting me straight. I wanted to wrap it around it his neck. It literally happened within about 30 seconds. And when he said, I've got a crack in my driver, he's, he's saying that, and I'm not paying any attention. 
because that's not something I'm expecting to see. And he says, well, maybe it's just a scratch. Let me look at it. Oh, no, it's cracked all the way across the face. It's broken, broken. And there were a couple of there were a couple of balls that he hit with it throughout the day where the sound <laughs> well, so there was a couple I, I hit with it anyway because you can't you can't fix that and that it's you know it's cost effective just to buy a new club right rather a driver rather than try to put a new head on it and there was a couple of pinks in there but then there was like a <laughs> there was something it sounded like he hit it with a saucepan it was amazing it, yeah it was unbelievable can and you I return have, it. I doubt it. I think that golf establishment is actually out of business now. I think oh, I bought no it right wonder. before. They're selling crack drivers. But anyway, then I tried the hybrid once. <laughs> that did not end up well. Anyway, let's get off of my crappy. So hey, wait, golf, relax. Okay, no, but it's the just a game. The story is for everybody out there in Radio Land that golf is still alive and well locally. Do not show up on a Saturday morning without a tea time. Because you're going to get your heart broken. And then from that point on, the fact that we were able to get in, I think the universe had to even it out for us. So that's why Brandon's driver was broken. That's why this guy tried to fight us. And that's why we both shot over 90. After that, Chris calls Quill Ridge. Can we get on? And you just hear laughter in the background. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's trying to get on right now. Doesn't he see how beautiful it is outside? Yeah. Yeah, genius. You're the only one that had the... Awesome idea to get on, you know, play golf without calling in ahead. Hey. Over under, Tiger Wood wins this year. I'm going to call the over under one and a half. So, but you believe he'll win more than one? Two? I think he's going to say two, but if I had to, if I had to set the line in Vegas, I'd say one and a half. What about a major? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think he will be in the mix. But I don't, I'm I'm not really I'm not willing to go out there and, and say he's uh, he's going to make a, a a real run in a major yet. See, David Kaplan, we warned you. We told you what we we're going to do with this <laughs> golf segment. Kaplan, it is your fault. So let's um I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this over to Trent because Kaplan has given me a running narrative, and I think it's only fair after the break that we utter the words of David Kaplan in his own voice as close as we can replicate. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. We were giving you the uh, play-by-play of our our round of golf this weekend. It was the inaugural round of golf for from the cheap seats. Trent, you've never ever been out and played with us. What's that all about? You work too hard. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm getting ready. I'm uh, going right. to start hitting the range. I'll be ready. I'm excited. I can't wait to play with you guys. The but. range. There's nothing I'd rather do less than just go hit balls at the range. I'd probably be a lot better if I would go out there and do it. But I hit like four, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Chipping, it's worse. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I will play. I will get around and and, and practice on the uh, putting green now and again. Uh, probably would have done well to do that this this weekend. Yeah. I don't think I hit a putt outside of four feet the whole day and struck the ball okay for the most part. Well, there were a couple there, you know, a couple burned up shots, which I, is what separates I, people like me from good golfers. And I love the Sanford Muni. It's a really well designed course, sure. so I'm not hating on it. It's David. It's a Donald Ross course, but zero balls broke except for one hole, I think, on oh, the yeah, green. Yeah. Like, hmm. I mean, they, those greens just do not break. Uh, so your eyes play trick, tricks on you, and then you go somewhere like Tobacco Road, Highland Hills, Tobacco Road, wherever, and it rolls right off the green. Yeah, I mean Tobacco yeah. Road. You're, there's greens out there. You 25 feet of break if if you're far enough away. But, yeah, if you're playing Sanford Muni, this is your tip for the day with regard to that. Hit it right at the hole. You can't really go wrong. There's only a couple greens where that can really uh, not serve you well. But I was happy with the way I struck the ball. And, Trent, the gauntlet is thrown down. You need to come out there and you'll probably destroy us. I don't know. No, I'll be. One last thing. No more calls from the temple while Chris is on the golf course, okay? Because they called him with an issue. And his (laughs) – his game, it was like it just totally melted down. It was it like really somebody did. shot you with lasers. Or so, so just to give some context to that, I, we we had a concert Saturday night at the Temple, and as the load in was going on, there was some confusion between the band and the tech crew. And you know, I'm on the golf course. I don't check my phone often. I picked my phone up. We were just starting on the back. We were at about eleven or twelve, and I was I was playing pretty well. And I looked at my phone, and there were about 14 calls from four different people. And I was like, oh, no. What's going on? So I called, and I sorted it out. And and while I'm talking about this, if you didn't come out and see Southern Voice at the Temple Theater, Tim Hare, Mike Waddell, Keith Davis, and those guys, it was a great show. They really did a great job. Everybody had a good time. It was a great crowd. Um, everything worked out perfectly. But there was an issue as they were loading in, and me – who was on the golf course, first of all, I had to field this call. Then I had to deal with the guilt that people were actually like doing physical work in association with this show that I had booked, and I was playing golf instead. (laughs) But I talked to all the parties involved, got everything sort of worked out, and I wasn't really upset. Brandon knew what was going on. He's like, oh, man, that's not cool. But I I wasn't upset, but it was just the fact that I kind of got out of that zone and I wasn't focused on golf anymore, and the next three holes destroyed my round. So you know what? The next time we're playing for Doe, I'm going to have Anna over there give you a call. That would <laughs> Just probably have her work. Make something up. Yeah. Well, so, anyway. Every uh, tee box and green, Anna has to call. Nah, see, I, that wouldn't work because I just would. I'd just stop answering. But it was just one, you know, one thing. But uh, yeah, again, great, great, great show. Um, had a lot of fun with that. That was. Are we going to hear from the, voice. the ghost of Kaplan? Is that still going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're going to close down golf. Justin Thomas wanted a playoff. Beat Luke List. A um, whole lot of fun. Justin Thomas, I don't know how he managed to keep it together, if you watched. He wasn't really striking the ball very well for for periods there in the second round or the, the uh, fourth round. And um, I <laughs> thought he was the wheels were going to come off, and he just managed to hold it together. His confidence is something else. He doesn't get rattled even when he's not striking the ball consistently. And that's scary when you've got as much talent as a guy like he does. Um, Great win for him. Trent, would you see if you can channel your inner David Kaplan? All right, I've been thinking about this, but uh, 
Well, you know, boys, the uh, <laughs> that was the fifth playoff of the season, and Justin Thomas outlasted Luke List in an exciting playoff. Justin Thomas has won three of his last nine tournaments. Impressive. Also, Tiger looked very good. He's being very competitive. He came in 12th. But roll a few more putts in, finish stronger. He was right there. He hit uh, 14 of 18 greens on Sunday. First full field end in the 60s since 2015. That was the Wyndham for Tiger. Next time we see Tiger will be at Bay Hill, March 15th and 18th. The great track record at Arnie's course. He won eight times there. I listened to Tiger, an interview. He sounds pretty giddy. <laughs> you know what? Anytime Trent does anybody from Sanford, it sounds like we're going prospecting for gold. <laughs> it's true. It did it not? He, I, when he does you, it's totally different yeah. because you're not from Sanford. It's Do a cr- little bit deeper, though. What's Chris? Voice. What's Chris? Uh, hey, guy. Captain K. Come on down to the Dimple Theater. We got it written and going on. Am I half that country? <coughs> no, not no. at all. So I, I will say this, too. This is my last observation with regard to the, the tournament this weekend. As Sam Burns and Tiger Woods played that last round together, I saw the two of them engaged the whole time as they walked that round, talking, laughing, cutting up, sort of, you know, it was almost as if Tiger was just sort of being Tiger and, and you know, allowing this kid to be a little starstruck. And talking to him about what was going on, and you could see him motion his hands about how they were shaping shots and things like that. It was a it was a, a completely different image than I think we normally have of Tiger during the fourth round of a tournament, where he's straight business and he's walking off and he's he's really stoic. He seemed to be having a good time, and if that's the case and he can stay healthy, I, I'm excited about it. Well, that, I, I, I hate to sound like a little Tiger fanboy, but but I'm are, really excited about. Aren't the we all now? Like, isn't kind of everybody pulling for Tiger except his first wife? You know? I think, yeah. I mean, everybody's kind of – She probably is going to make more money out I of I know. Him. I mean, there's got to be some alimony. I mean, I don't know what kind of, you know, prorated portion of that she gets or whatever the case might be. But, no, I think, I think that the fall from grace, Americans love an underdog. Yeah. But when you take a guy that was, you know, that huge and that successful and, and you know, paid the price, yeah, I think it's a great story. Well, see, I think the time away, though, this is where he kind of built that mentorship with these young guys. And they say he has an amazing relationship with these guys, and they're all rooting for him. So to see him step into this role is different than anything. And I love it. I think it's it's great. I mean, I've totally bought in and got that fire. I think I like Tiger Woods now more than I did before. Oh, yeah. Because before you would see him in the final round, he wasn't talking to anybody. He was stepping away, getting pissy at the crowd. Like now – this is cool. Let's go, Tiger. It is Win cool, those and those guys are all rooting for him until he starts winning tournaments. Again. <laughs> we'll see. But, no, it, it, I think it's a lot of fun, and it's great for golf. And the size of the gallery on Sunday showed you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the leaders were coming well behind him, and they, the gallery following Tiger was 15 times the size of those folks down there. Every time he rolled one in, you heard this huge roar that that dwarfed anything else that was going on on the course. We talked about the Wyndham Championship up in Greensboro where we'll be. If Tiger were to play that, oh, my God. I mean, it's a a crowded event already. But, I mean, you're talking about an exponentially higher level of, of excitement about that 
if he were to play a tournament like that, and that's how it's going to be all the way across the well, country. Well, and now I know I'm not saying Tiger's back, but no, but kind of no, he's no, no. kind of kind of sort of back. At least he's playing, he's feeling good. Now that he's to that level, yeah, the crowds are going to be huge. Yeah, and are we still getting VIP passes for that? Yep. Even if Tiger shows up, four of yep. them. Sweet. Courtesy three. of Sistel Business Equipment. Um, I don't know, but Two, I, will, I will find out. I will find out. So. The Olympics are over, guys. Oh, yeah. man. It's a bummer. In, in total, you had 14 days worth of, of competition. The three of us are enormous sports fans. How many hours did you sit and attentively watch the 2018 Winter Olympics, Trent? In hours? Probably about, honestly, Maybe two hours and 15 minutes. Come on. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't watch a lot. I'll be honest with you. Probably collectively four or five hours. Like last night I called you. I was watching replays of the the women's hockey game, which was actually, in my opinion, the highlight of the entire Olympics for Americans at least. Um, That was cool. But I think I watched the most last night when I was trying to do my taxes at the office. You know? Wow. I watched consistently – Every evening, two, three, four hours, sometimes attentively, sometimes in the background. You said that the U.S. women's hockey victory over Canada was the highlight for the Americans. I would say that, too, for a couple of reasons, and and, and we'll talk about that as we move forward. But while we're talking about hockey, I want to say that NBC's coverage of the games – can be caught and defined by how they treated the gold medal men's hockey game. I don't even think that 99% of Americans understand what happened and what almost happened and how big a debt of gratitude the United States owes to the Olympic athletes from Russia right now. In the gold medal game, Germany who nobody ever would have expected to get past Canada in the semifinals. It Mm -hmm. was a national disaster (laughs) that Canada got beat in the semifinals by Germany. By the way, sorry, Canada. Sorry, Canada, for real. Only the most important thing to you on earth, you lose both. I mean, it's just like that's like the uh, American dream team losing in basketball. Absolutely. Or or maybe maybe more appropriately, it's like an American team that was not the dream team losing in the Summer Olympics because Canada didn't get to have its dream team. And shame on the NHL for not figuring out how to work this out yep. so that we got to see the best players in the world, not from Russia, play in the Olympics. Well, we were talking about that yesterday, and you were like, well, I understand from the owner's point of view, and but we ended up both agreeing. I'm like, Chris – it kind of starts off in October and doesn't end regular season until April. Surely you can fit it somewhere in that length of well, time. Well, bigger than that, the NHL players in the Olympics puts them on a national stage in America. We'll, we'll talk more about that on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Thanks for hanging out with us. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Chris Lambert and Brandon Adkins. On From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.
Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. I got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. This is Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols, and we are from Sanford, North Carolina. And I want to be the first to congratulate Britton Buchanan. And it will have already aired by the time we you hear this. But on Monday night, Britton from Sanford, North Carolina, 17 years old, is the very first audition on the season opener of The Voice. Moving on up. That that sounded is like really, Britain. Really cool. That's kind of sounded like Britain. Just and then. his audition. Maybe we'll run you a little bit of it um, before the end of the show. Um, the kid is amazingly talented, and I've known him since he was about eleven. Well, see, that's the funny thing because I don't know that I knew him that young, but I've known him. He used to play in our old establishment that we used to run here in Sanford, and. He seems like he's been 17 for like 20 years. I know. That's crazy because he's sort of just in this – he hasn't grown an inch, hasn't we, changed. He has looked like he was 17 did since we he catch was about him, 12. Did we catch him on his tail end of his uh, Benjamin Button phase? I don't know. We're, we're going to find out as time goes by. But oh, we did be- have an argument as to which one of us was the first one to cut him a check as a professional performer. I think I beat you by a nose. So that's sort of my new claim to fame is that I actually – I conceded. I've to play a couple of different times. I conceded. Yeah, I mean, you probably knew him before I did. I did – I think I cut Faith Bardell her first check, who – come on, voice. Y'all need to get her on there too. And she's tried out for every one of those. She's been invited to American Idol. She's been invited to Voice. She's been invited to some of the smaller ones. And they bring her out there, and then they cut her before they get to the the on-the-air stuff. If any of you guys out there think any of this is organic and these people just are plucked out of the sky or that they show up for these open auditions and just kill it, it really doesn't work that way. You know, we kind of half-jokingly, but then we went through the list of names. This we got a little Nashville, tiny Nashville vibe going on right now. What do we got going I, on here? Trent was a little bit faster on the draw.
Come on, Kelly, turn around. I know, right? What's Come wrong on. with her? Can, can I borrow your lighter for a second? There you go. I know, right? I was waiting for you to get to the part where he says, I'm from Sanford, North Carolina. We'll try to we'll try to find that. But proud of you, Britain. The problem Brandon asked, do you think we can get him on the show? Yeah, I'm sure that we could, except that we do this at nine o'clock in the morning and there's a bit of a problem. He's in school. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how we're gonna work that out, but we gotta get him in. Faith Bardill, we were talking about Faith. Faith, we will get in here. I've been talking to Faith every time I see her. We're like, when can you come do it? And oh, I'll come on anytime. And it, we just, but there, it we, is so we have Robert Bricky here instead. Or we have Greta, Greta's answer show up. It's really cool what a cool music scene we got going on here. You well, know, it is. It's like maybe half a dozen people, but they are making it, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And they're from here. Not the least of which is Taylor Phillips, who has written a gazillion songs. Uh, Hurricane, which was the number one not long ago. He's actually playing... At the Temple Theater in April, and we put it up on the ticket site, and it sold out within like 15 minutes. It was kind of amazing. Well, everybody in Sanford knows we actually have some musical history. We had half of Black, uh, the group Black Sheep, go to high school here at Lee Senior. You know, Engine right. Engine got, Number Nine I, I on the something. New York Transit Trent, Trent line. doesn't know this. Now, and that is way cool. And we've got to get him in studio. I'd love to. But Trent doesn't know this, I'm sure. So, Trent, you're familiar with the band Pink Floyd. Uh, I think I've heard of them. You think you've heard of Pink Floyd? Yes, I know Pink Floyd. I would hope that you have. (laughs) A lot of people, well, not a lot of people, people that have no idea what they're talking about think Pink Floyd is a person. That is not the case. So, Pink Floyd, they had an issue with the legality of the name that they had at a given point in time as they were coming along. And I wish I could pull that out of my memory, but I don't remember what they called themselves at that point. But they were about they were getting ready to play a gig and their management told them we have to name the band something different. So they pulled out an old blues record and in the liner notes it had the musicians that played on these on this particular album. And the musicians names were Floyd A- Floyd Anderson and wait a minute. Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. Sorry. Floyd Anderson and Pink. Floyd Council. Floyd Anderson. Floyd Anderson and Pink Council. I got it straight. Now, the amazing part of that is that Floyd Council is from right here in Sanford, North Carolina. He was born in Chapel Hill and lived his adult life right here in Sanford, picking a guitar on the porch. He's a legend. And you can visit his grave site. He is buried right here in Sanford. Huh. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It's kind of amazing. And one of my passions in life has been to get a mural put on the side of a building commemorating and memorializing Floyd Council. We continue to work on that. I just want a band to name their band Brandon Chris. Dude, that would be the greatest band of all time. That would be better than Wild Stallions in Bill and Ted's. Well, and unless I win the lottery, I'll be buried here someday. You know, even Which if is you win depressing. the lottery, you'll be buried here. I I know that to be true. Even if you won the lottery and moved to Monaco, 
They're going to ship my body back we, here? We'd, we'd have you ship back here. To so how much cooler is And you know where you have to be buried, right? At the cemetery adjacent to Sanford Municipal Golf Tournament, <laughs> our golf course. I would be. I would be. And you know where you'll be buried? Yes. At O.T. Sloan Pool after you try to get that watermelon <laughs> out of the deep end. If something happens and I don't make it through the greased watermelon challenge, I have to be buried at the golf course. And I keep telling my wife that, and she will not take it seriously. And she's like, well, we're going to you know, put you in Arlington and Veterans Cemetery. We're going to do that. No, you're not going to sprinkle my ashes over the ocean. You're going to bury me right there next door to the golf tournament, golf course. Why do I keep saying tournament? Right next door to the golf course so that my friends can all come see me on the regular. Yes, I agree. But my gravestone's got to go right where that thicket is that I always hit my ball in. You know that one yeah. thicket? It's kind of the armpit of that entire I don't want to be on the other side. I want a brand new plot right off the fairway. And I want my headstone to, to say, hashtag, play on through. Mine's going to be hashtag. Come hit right off the top of my, uh, of my graveside. I'm okay with I'm that. A, I want that. Mine's going to be hashtag, miss it. And I'm going to hire... <laughs> I'm going to hire actors to act like they're burying me every day so it bothers golfers. Like it does every time that we're on that stretch. Like, can I, can I Chris, be one of those guys? What, Trey, have, you, you? Have, you, have you ever played on a golf course that is adjacent to a cemetery? Uh, not that I remember. Okay, so that happens. It's on 16 at Sanford. The fairway runs parallel to the cemetery. And if you leave it out to the right, you're going over into the cemetery. And playing out of the cemetery is frowned upon, but people do it on occasion. All the time. <laughs> and even well, if they don't, they do take their carts over there and they're running around looking for balls over there because it, that's just how it is. Well, now, after, it's very disconcerting when you're standing on the tee box knowing if I leave this outside, it's going over into the cemetery. So mine but, would be hashtag, that's not your ball. Oh, I like it. Well, like every it. time that we get off of 15, which is a par three, for some reason, eats me alive. Yeah. Every time we get on the 16, and then I don't say it out loud, but I'm like, oh, my God, the Cemetery Dollar General hole. Yes. Because I've, I've driven it right across the street over to that Dollar General it more than a handful a of times. Hole. It's a scenic hole. You have the cemetery to the right, and then you have Dollar General back behind the green. And there is no room between the back of that green and the road that separates the golf course from Dollar General. And if you're a club too big, it will hit the road and it will bounce right over there to the Dollar General. That is good golf. And the now, cemetery I, whispers, what, the cemetery whispers, don't hit into here. And the Dollar General whispers, <laughs> please hit into here. And buy more golf balls Grab here. a snack while you're <laughs> yes. at it. Now, the thing is, is that the cemetery in and of itself is very disconcerting. You cannot play without that entering into your head somewhere. Please don't let me gack this drive out to the right. Yep. The problem is, is that pales into comparison as to what your thought process is when there is a funeral mm. in progress. Oh. And that happens with regularity. I can tell you that there have been times where I'm sitting in the middle of the fairway and pull out a seven iron and just skip the ball up toward the green. Because there's no way I'm taking the chance that I'm going to land my second shot in the middle of a funeral procession. 
It's just not going to happen. And the people who are standing around at the funeral, you think that they're really mourning their loved one, which I think they are, but most of them are watching us going, look at this, watch watch what he's about to do. He's about to put it over there to the Dollar General because we're standing here. Yep. And there is another way to play that hole effectively (laughs) where you can play it out into the fairway or into the fairway of number 17 and get on the other side of the trees and just go up that side. That's a pretty regular thing, too, because people don't want any part of that cemetery. Or if there's a funeral party out there, it's hard. It's almost not fair. And they ought to give, you know, you have rain checks. Sanford really ought to consider funeral checks. Yep. Because it. It, it kind of messes with your round. Or you could just pick the ball up in the tee box and try to throw it on the green. <laughs> Sean Powell must have entered the building. And he has. And while we're, while we're wrapping up this segment, though, I, we need to bring them up to speed. Because all three of us talked about what may or may not be on our gravestones when we're buried. We all said it'll be hashtag something. What you guys don't know is we're convinced that that will be the new thing moving forward as people die, is that the statement, the quote that's on their gravestone will be a hashtag. I think that's a great plan. You think it's a great plan? I need, before we start this other segment and bring you guys in, I need you to think about what your hashtag on your gravesite is going to be, because I'm eager, eager, eager to hear about it. I still like my QR code idea. Like you walk up and go, bloop. Oh, this guy was a jerk. <laughs> no, man, it, you know, you could you could have a QR code or something of that effect etched in there, and it could take you to a video montage of the highlights of your life. And one of the highlights of your life oh. would be something that popped up onto your timeline today on Facebook, and mine as well. And we're like, oh, my God, we're twins. We've got the same thing. A year ago, we were actually finishing construction on the studio, and you're standing proudly there with a sledgehammer because that window – that you guys see there over to the engineering room is a a really cool story. That was like, we should have a contractor come in here and cut it out. Brandon was like, contractor, watch this. <laughs> and just started wailing. And then knocked this gargantuan hole in the wall and was like, we're probably going to have to have a contractor <laughs> come in and put that window in. So we did. And they had to come clean up the mess that we made. It was kind of wild. So back before we finish the segment, I got to talk about the Russian not Russian, because the Russians didn't come to the Olympics. It was the Olympic athletes from Russia who didn't do any kind of blood doping or PEDs, whatever, that played against the Germans in the gold medal game. And legitimately, I think it's fair to say that the upset Germany had against Canada is akin to America beating the Russians in the semifinals of the Lake Placid Olympics in 1980. And yeah, Y'all need to wrap your heads around that. The Americans did not beat the Russians in the gold medal game. They beat them in the semifinals. All right. I'll finish that thought on the other side. we got a couple guests in the studio with us. You're hanging out from the cheap seats. Social media, find us at Chris Cheap Seat Radio. Brandon Atkins always helped me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby... I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? 
Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from the Cheap Seats. We're wrapping up this first hour. If you're listening on WDCC, when this ends, head on over to the internet and find us out in cyberspace. The podcast is available in the iTunes podcast app from the Cheap Seats. You'll see it. It's the cool little blue logo with white text. (laughs) It's awesome. And we've got a gazillion listeners, but we want more subscribers, more reviews, all that cool stuff. Now, a couple of housekeeping notes. First and foremost, as always... I will be at Libations on Wednesday in downtown Sanford. We'll be hosting trivia starting at 6 o'clock. Good crowds, a lot of fun, um, cool prizes, all of that stuff. So come on out, hang out with us. doesn't cost a thing to play. Uh, The fun is free. And on April 28th, this will be the third iteration of the Brick City Dodgeball Classic hosted by From the Cheap Seats. You can find more details online on Facebook, check out our page from the Cheap Seats. You can find it at Cheap Seat Radio. And uh, $50 per team, six players each, 50 bucks per team, not six times 50, just 50 bucks if you register in advance. If you show up the day of and we have to scramble to get you into the field, it's going to cost you 75 bucks. So 50 bucks if you get in touch with us and register ahead of time. We will have registration forms. Uh, medical waivers, all the rest of that stuff online. So you just have to pull it down, email it back to us. We'll take cash, check, uh, PayPal. You can pay us with your firstborn, a cool meal. You'd have to buy us a lot of beer. Hold on and watch out. I'm back for this one. We won the very first one, and then I had to bow out. Ken Britton, we're gunning for you this time. You're you're going down. (laughs) Ken Britton, you, the gauntlet has been thrown down. You, sir, you're, are coming off of that throne. Your championship is like the Rockets winning it when Jordan was gone from the game. Okay? Yes, I agree. Now I'm back. You left me to be Pippin without Jordan, and I wasn't able to stop him from winning the championship, but that's his one and only. And no matter what, the winners of the inaugural event will always be you and I. That's right. We, so, got, the, we got the cup trophy to prove some. it. We'll have some we'll have some other events going on throughout the day. There will be one where it's a free for all. Uh, stay tuned for details for that. But April twenty eighth, we're going to kick it off at ten a.m. People keep asking the, the two questions we get asked: How long is it going to go? Depends entirely on how many teams are there. If we well, have ten teams show up, we'll probably be done by noon. If we have fifty teams show up, we'll be done by two or three o'clock. We'd love to have a hundred teams. Every single penny raised is going to the Coins for Alzheimer's Research Trust, yep. which in turn 
gives 100% of their monies received directly to researchers for Alzheimer's disease. Um, all of their overhead is covered by private donors. Come on out. We're raising money for a good cause. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it is open to kids, adults, grown folks, old folks, whatever the case might be, whatever age, whatever skill level, you're good. And let me add one thing. People are never short on opinions, but we really would like to hear how to improve what to add to this we've talked about adding like a chili cook-off or something like that on the side definitely chili chili mm-hmm, okay no question wow that was a qu- all right well there we go we don't need literally your- never really wanted to go before but now i'm like what day i'm uh, going okay so wait a minute you are quite and and welcome greta zanstra hi i didn't know that you were bringing this guy with you i just found him who has I, I, I wish I could tell people out there in Radio Land how impressed I am by that hat. <laughs> Sean Powell is in the studio with us, and Sean fancies himself a baseball player. Oh. But only the most hardcore of baseball fans would recognize the hat that he is rocking. And he's got an old Negro League Kansas City Monarchs hat on. That, sir, is the truth. That's a cool hat. Yeah, uh, my dad's from Kansas City. Okay. And if you if you ever are in Kansas City and you're not eating barbecue, which you should, uh, you should go to the Negro League Museum there because it's actually a really fantastic museum. So one of these days when we can find a couple of sponsors, this is cool. They actually have a touring exhibit that you can bring out and they will come set it up for you. They actually send it out in these huge crates and you can set it up for three or four weeks at a time. I would love to see that happen here locally. So if you're interested and you want to throw a couple bucks behind it, it does cost a few thousand dollars to make that happen. I think it would be an awesome exhibit, and I'd be all about trying to make that happen. So that's something that's on the back burner, but I think that'd be really, really cool. So, Sean, when people in North Carolina talk about barbecue, do you kind of laugh a little bit inside? No, it, it's just a different it's, – it's different. Okay. When people try to compare, like, Kansas City or Texas barbecue in North Carolina, they're completely different things. So you do laugh inside? Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, here's the here's the biggest thing that I get because I'm I you know I can depend upon what the context is. I generally would consider myself a Texan, and barbecue in Texas means one thing. One thing in Kansas it means Kansas City it means something else. In Memphis it means something entirely different. But you guys here in North Carolina are the only ones who use barbecue for one specific thing, and that's pulled pork. Yeah, correct. And that has taken me a while to wrap my mind around because if somebody says or advertises barbecue, I'm thinking ribs, brisket, chicken, whatever the case might be. But you guys are very specific about that. Barbecue's pulled pork. Everything else has its own little name. Well, and then the further you go north, barbecue is actually the name for the actual action like uh, it's the the event, the act of cooking. Right. Well, yeah. The grill is the barbecue. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, all right. So I'm going to tip our listenership up, uh, our listenership on what's going to happen. So let's let's should we tell people what we're going to do next week to Robert Bricky? (laughs) Yeah. Does he listen to the show? I'm sure that he does not if he's not on it. Yeah, let's do it. And if he does, it'll still be okay. Yep. But here's the deal. Robert Bricky, who's become a regular on the show. Those of you who know, Duke Great uh, went on after his career at Duke and two Final Four appearances to become a basketball coach and has coached all over the place. 
not the least of which was his time spent as the men's coach at Duke and as or the women's coach at Duke, excuse me, and the men's coach at Shaw University. And along the way, he's had a lot of different stops and been an assistant here and this, that, the other. One thing that's not in his bio that Brandon and I uncovered on accident. It's mysteriously left out. It is mysteriously left off of his bio. But we ran into someone who assured us that Robert Bricky at one point, for at least one year, was the women's basketball coach at the North Carolina School of Math and Science. Now, women's basketball is great. Yeah. Basketball played at a magnet school for kids that excel academically is great. (laughs) When you mush the two of those together and take into account that the kids that go to that school only go there for two years. You, You don't get in until you're a sophomore and you go as a junior and senior. So you, I think it would be fair to say that people that are going to the School of Math and Science are not excelling in athletics at a level at their school before they go to that school at a level that would be college preparedness type play. That had to have been a lot of fun. So you're you're saying that that's not like a bloodline uh, for future NBA players? I'm Is that what you're trying say to say? There's probably not too many NBA or WNBA prospects that are going through the North Carolina School of Math and Science. And the other thing is, is that it's been a long time. We're talking about 20 years ago that he did this. Mm-hmm. So our feelings are that he won't remember who played for him there. And when they did, these young ladies were 20 years younger than they are now. <laughs> and the first time we I had a buddy tell me about this. And the first thing that popped in my mind, and I'm like, yeah, I understand that because I leave that dishwasher job I had off of my resume, too. <laughs> you said that, not me. And for what it's worth, if anybody thinks that we're trying to disparage the North Carolina School of Math and Science, I actually have a child who is in the midst of applying. And we are very hopeful that he's going to get there. Oh, come on. Just get over yourself. It's, I, it's, it's, just it's because you, you don't excel at basketball, okay? You're going to be running the world. You're smarter than all of yeah, us. Yeah, they're going to be richer than all of us. That's right. So we're not so, cutting so you here's down. So the, here's the thing. You know, Greta Zanstra, who does a lot of the voice work for us on our bumpers <laughs> and has done some other contributions for the shows uh, for the show over the last year, is going to come in studio next week when Robert Bricky comes in. And we are going to tell him that Greta is one of his former players. <laughs> Point guard, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And at that point... <laughs> We're going to have some fun with Robert Bricky about how he communicated the game of basketball to a bunch of young ladies who would rather be dealing with slide rules, compasses, and complex mathematical problems. So we're going to have some fun with it. And Robert's either going to get a kick out of it or Robert's never going to come back. We would prefer that he laugh. I and have a good so. time with it, it's but we're going to have to take this chance to, to make this cool happen. Enough to hang, yeah, really. that's right. Because if he can't, he can't kick it with us. That's right. That's just how that goes. You know, the Sean uh... Powell <laughs> is still on the fence as uh, <laughs> as to whether he wants to hang with us, and we're on the fence as to whether he's cool enough. Fair. Given that whole episode with trying to throw the ball up onto a par three green, <laughs> and he's heard about that about 
60 times more than he'd like to, but we'll <laughs> never forget it. And we relate that story all the time over adult beverages right. to anybody that will listen. I think my back still hurts. Oh. I, I'm not surprised. So we brought Greta in. We wanted to share that with you guys so you guys can share in the moment when we prank Bricky next week. And if you have anything specific that you want Greta to add to the bit, let us know. We'll talk about it a little bit more. we got to go back and cover some ground that we missed on the front side. Follow us on over to the uh, web if you're listening on WDCC. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. All right, WBLZ listeners and podcast appers, welcome to the second hour from the cheap seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, the illustrious, beautiful, and talented Greta Zanstra, and that guy, Sean Powell, that hangs out with her. We're all here. Black Betty is in the studio, so this is being committed to video, which scares me a little bit, although I am wearing a pretty dope purple shirt today. What happened so, to the purple jeans that you had yesterday? I mean, I last like, week. You know, it's got to be purple, man. It's my homage to Prince. He loves purple. I love purple. I really do. And I've got about eight different shirts that are Why did I just look under the table to check out his jeans? Is that what you think you were I, checking out? I just did. Hmm. I didn't see it anything is else. not out of character for Kristen Lambert to rock a monochromatic outfit. He loves that. I, you broke me at that. <laughs> I didn't Greta have a telescope. Greta was my lunch buddy for the better part of four years, and she broke me at that, and she pointed that out to me. You have a tendency to match in Pantones <laughs> um, your pants to your shirt. So I kinda, I, I'm conscious of that every time I put on clothes now. Aww. And at this point in my life, I would never wear purple jeans with a purple shirt. However, I would wear them if, independently of one absolutely. another. If Chris had been born in this time, he would have definitely rocked the zoot suit. Would he not? He was a zoot 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 suit kind of guy, I think. Dude, I'd, I'd full on do it. And for those of you that don't know and weren't following, you know, on Facebook a few weeks ago, I put up something about a glitter beard. I am trying to find an excuse for doing a glitter beard at some point. Mm. And then my, and I use this word and Brandon's going to guffaw, my hairdresser. <laughs> guffaw? I, I, 
He gives me grief every time he does that. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm, I got an appointment with my hairdresser. Oh, the hairdresser. Oh. Mm-hmm. Guffaw. Excuse me. Anyway. I mean, guffaw. So that. I yeah, asked I her what, what would it means. take to make this happen. And she actually looked it up and figured out that it's just hair gel and glitter diluted a little bit that you put this in with. And I can tell you, working in musical theater around glitter on occasion, glitter lingers forever. Once you so do even, it, it's never undone. Yeah, even, even <laughs> though I might be able to get the glitter beard out of my system and off of my face, I will probably just trail glitter around me for weeks at a time. But I'm 100% okay with that. You can blame it on the theater. Be like, I, I don't know. This I, is all over the place. Sean, are you ready to rock a glitter beard? Well, I, I remember at Christmas time, you saw those, um, those like, ornaments for beards. People were selling like their like balls and like things you could that, that you could attach. That's <laughs> probably that. not in the car. Yeah, I'm not trying to have. He them. wants balls hanging from his chin. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not down with the balls hanging from my Dude, chin. Dude, I had glitter. Even though if I put glitter in my beard, people would be forgiven for thinking that I might. See, that's you know, a different level. You know exactly when the second hour of the show starts. Yeah, right. It's when. We start talking about balls around the we chin. We have no more FCC guidelines to worry about, so <laughs> oh, it gets great. a little wild. Um, but I'm looking, and Sean, there's no telling what you're into right now because the beard comes and goes, and you never know what's going to be going on with your face. So the beard is coming in, and I'm assuming this has something to do with the role that you're about to play. Am I correct in that? Or are you just enjoying not having to be clean shaven until you get to this next role? Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing a show right now where a beard is acceptable. Boom. What are you doing? I'm doing uh, Pump Boys and Dinettes. Where at? Uh, it's it's a it's a small tour. It's up in Virginia. Okay. Um, so it, it's but I, I play like a basically my character is like Norm from Cheers. He just kind of hangs out at the gas station, but doesn't actually work. There. I think I think well that's good casting because anybody that hangs out at a gas station should be allowed to rock a beard. Exactly. So I think it it probably works well for you. So first of all, let's get back. We got to like reset and close down half a dozen things that we were talking about. First of all, <laughs> back to Germany beating Canada in the semifinals of Olympic hockey was enormous. And like I said, akin to the United States beating Russia in 1980 in the Olympic semifinals. There were 60 to one, the odds on that game. That's crazy. The biggest upset in the history of hockey. Well, then you fast forward to the final and you had the Russian team. And I'm done with that OAR thing, which was ridiculous. But the Russians actually had most of their best professional players on their team, unlike the NHL that we'll talk about in a minute. The Germans had it, Trent. Mm-hmm. It was over. They were going to be the gold medalists in hockey. And that is one of the most epic choke jobs of all time. 45 seconds left on a power play. And they give the puck up to the Russians who get the equalizer inside of a minute left in the game and break the hearts of an entire nation. Do you think Al Michaels was watching with bated breath? I think that Al Michaels and the rest of America owe a bit of gratitude to Russia for this because that would have, without any doubt, supplanted the miracle on ice as the greatest hockey upset of all time. And you're also talking about devaluing 
one of the greatest calls of all time yes. in sports. Yeah, all of a sudden, if you it, take away the importance, then one of the greatest calls all of a sudden loses some of its luster. Greta Zanstra, you're an anti-sports fan. Uh, okay. Uh, do you? Are we going to have this debate? No. Would you call yourself? Would you characterize yourself as a sports fan? No, that is accurate. I am. Okay. Not. Are you familiar with the Miracle on Ice? No. Oh my God. It sounds like Miracle on 34th Street, though. <laughs> I assume it's the same thing. It was slippery so, in uh, New York so in, in 1980, December. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Olympic, the U.S. men's Olympic hockey team, which consisted of college players and amateurs from around the country, beat the Soviet Union in the semifinals of the Winter Olympic Hockey Tournament and stunned the world. Okay. And the call from Al Michaels on that includes the line, do you believe in miracles? It is one of the greatest, most cherished moments in American sports history, and it would have lost value had the Germans been able to pull that off. Because Russia, again, this whole thing, everyone assumed that Russia would win. They were heavy favorites. And like you stated, most of the KHL, their whole team was built up of the KHL players which is a pretty good hockey league that is yeah. based in Russia. Yeah, really good. So, yeah. And Brandon and I talked about this the other day, and his point was, well, the NHL should have had their players there. And I, just playing devil's advocate, said, well, I understand why the owners didn't want to do that. They didn't want to shut the league down for a month, month and a half, which is what it would have taken. You're talking about a two-week tournament, but you've got to have the team together intact for the, you know, the warm-up games and all the rest of that to play that. And the NHL decided that keeping their league intact and staying on a regular schedule for that four, five, six-week period was more important than allowing the NHL players to go play for Canada and the United States in particular but also for Finland and Sweden. But, dude, it's such a long season, man. 41 home games. It is. And to, to piggyback on that, the NHL continues to struggle in America. People like us that are sports fans are like, okay, call me when the playoffs start. Not me, but. You, you not so much. And Trent, even more, is a legit big-time hockey fan. <laughs> me, I think I represent folks like, Sean Powell, we're big sports fans. Do you watch any NHL before the playoffs? No. There you go. (laughs) This was a chance for the NHL to put its superstars on display for an audience that that otherwise will never see them. Never. I promise you that my wife is not going to sit through an NHL game long enough to figure out who's who. Had they played in the Olympics and it been front and center, she would have been able to tell you. She would have been just like it was curling or figure skating or skiing. She would have been captivated, locked in, figuring out how the scoring works. And those players' names might resonate outside of the Olympics later on. The NHL blew this. Well, it was, incredible. A, it was a horrible, horrible decision by the NHL. And they had some options. They could have shut the league down for a year. It's not as if they didn't have plenty of notice as to when the when the Olympics were going on. Or they could have just played without those players. Well, and Greta messed this whole discussion up for me because oh, when she brought out Miracle on 34th Street, hey, Santa Claus, I'm still waiting on my brand new house, okay? <laughs> like, he gave that family a house. 
That's pretty dope. Where's mine? Well, have you seen the movie Wish Upon yet? Has anybody seen that? No. Anna, have you seen Wish Upon? No. Let me guess. You watched the bootleg. <laughs> well, Wish no, actually, Upon. actually, I, I think it was actually on a legit source. I think it's on Amazon at this point. But my wife and daughter were watching it the other day, and I sat down and got sucked in. I thought I was making fun of them. Because the movie they had watched before that was dumb, and I went and watched something else in a different room. But I watched. I came in as I was watching this, and in that movie, it's about a Chinese wish box. Do I have the name of the movie right? Yes, I okay. want to see that. So it's about a Chinese wish box, and one of the things that happens is this teenage girl wishes for a new house. She wants to live in a mansion. The problem with this particular Chinese wish box is that your wishes will be granted, but there's a blood price that has to be paid. Mm. And I think that's fair. I think that any kind of wish, whether it's Aladdin's lamp, a Chinese wish box, whatever the case, a lottery. You ought to be able to win the lottery, but have a blood price associated with it. But you need to know what that is on the front. No, end. no, 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 no. That no, wouldn't be any fun. Deaf. You must deaf. That wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be any fun. Well, she doesn't. And that's the whole thing. She gets her house, but there's a price that has to be paid. So it's She cool never movie. gets it's to leave cool it. It's a cool movie. It's it's. The acting in it is abysmal. Greta and Sean should have been in it. It had been 10 times better had they been in it. But it's a cool little movie. And it, you don't have to watch a bootleg. It's actually on Amazon. Not that I would know how to watch a bootleg movie if I wanted to watch a bootleg movie. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. So that's back to my point with the NHL. Is that The NHL helped screw up this Olympic hockey tournament. And most of you that are out there listening, even though you are obviously sports fans, either that or you're sadists, you guys don't know what happened at the end of that Russia-Germany hockey game. And it's one of the, I mean, it's one of the most important things could have possibly happened. The Russians pulled it out of the fire with 45 seconds left, a man down to tie that game, force overtime, and ultimately won to get the gold medal, which was very anticlimactic. And NBC had it on. First of all, it was televised the first time. I was watching it 1.30 in the morning when they ended regulation. They were a man down? They were a man down. Are you sure you, they didn't beat the Carolina Hurricanes? Ah, well. Seems See, to happen to us. And then they're on a pile They're on a power play and I do love that. I do love that, that you refer to the Carolina Hurricanes as us. And I guess somebody that's made a significant investment into season tickets as you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm part of that family. Oh, this this season's <laughs> been my blood price. So two things that, that make it almost worse is, Chris, it's only two weeks that the NHL would have had to sacrifice. No, that's not true. They because, don't because they play together enough as a team on national teams. No, literally, okay, the if, NHL will shut down for two weeks, and they didn't want – the owners didn't want to lose those two And weeks. all you need well, to know – so you, you look, no, look no further. Ask Justin Falk what the highlight of his career is. It's playing for the in the Winter Olympics four years well, ago. And, and here's the thing: is that in this day and age of these Olympians, this takes me into my next point. The Winter Olympics kind of sucked. They here's, suck. Here's the thing about the Winter Olympics that I yes. feel is important. There are really only two events. There's ice skating, all different kinds of ice skating, mm -hmm. and going down snowy hills. Yep. Those are the only two events. Well, you left out hockey. Nope, let's ice skating. Let's not forget about... <laughs> that's it. Oh, no, 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 you got me. You got me. Let's not forget well, about... What about curling? That's uh, what I was about skating. to say. Oh, yeah, sort of skating. By the way, the U.S. men's winning 
um, in curling is like me stepping on the Bobby Filet show and beating him in <laughs> cooking. It, you look, we have been on curling since the beginning of the Olympics, and it's crazy because curling literally has. like opened the Olympics <laughs> and closed the Olympics. How did it take you guys two weeks to get the curling champs? The fact that the United States <laughs> men won a winter event that I wouldn't even know where to go to play if I were so inclined shows that curling's not a real thing. I love curling though because I it's the too. kind of the kind of sport that your like drunk uncle can play. That's exactly <laughs> right. Be in super great shape. We no decided, problem. Yeah. We decided that for the 2026 Olympics, we're you going to try out. We're going to put it in. Four years from now is probably too ambitious. Eight years from now, dude, we'll be curling our behinds off. And just like you said, drunk uncle. We, we're somebody's drunk uncle. You sure are. So we can do this. They, they did have an incredible run, though. Because they, they, Sean they loves them. So. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. There is chaos going on in the studio right now. Scrambling around, Crystal Amber. Oh, we got lights on the wall. I, I've heard curling I talk going we were on. Actually, in the middle of a of a show. Um, thank <laughs> you, Trent, for bringing us back in. That was kind of bananas. But yeah, the uh, yeah, and the lights flash too. You can do all kinds of effects with them. So no, they do not. Black Betty has figured out that there's a new toy to play with in the uh, in the studio, and and GZ was was uh, able to turn her onto it. And I've never seen her gasp like that. Oh my God, that was cool. <laughs> well, as you, as you guys were, were talking about, as you guys were running around the studio like a bunch of chickens with their head cut off, Sean Powell and I were agreeing that the women's gold in hockey was probably the best thing that we saw in all of the <laughs> Winter Olympics. I'm not Olympics. going to disagree with that, and I'll let you guys talk about it for a second. But here's the the thing with that. No, no, no. I, here's the point that I want to make. Because we, you guys won't let me finish a, a point, and my, uh, I'm gonna listen to this show and be like, oh my god, I wanted to finish this thought, and I wanted to finish that thought. I'm gonna finish this thought. Here we go. The coverage of the Olympics with NBC has been criminally bad, and the fact that they made these backstories about Lindsey Vaughn and folks like that the focal point of what they were doing, they've missed it. And when the women, when the U.S. women beat Canada for the gold medal, it was great. And Canada had had a 12-year stranglehold. Do I have that right? 12 years? Three straight? Something like that. They hadn't lost in... in 20 years? No, it's not 20 years. It's something like 20. The U.S. women won it four Olympics ago. And the U.S. women, (laughs) they did. That's... Okay. No. That's 20 years. That's 16 years. That's 16 years. Anyway, whatever. 
Here's my point is that women's hockey around the world is not a real thing in most countries. It the is U- Canada though. I, I got you. But let me I'm going I'm going I'm going to start throwing blows in. Should we all leave this, Should we leave you alone in the studio, Chris, Here and then you call us when you point. You're... Here's my point. There are only a few countries in the world that play women's hockey. That's a fact. The US is one of those. The US is one of the best two or three teams in the world. Beating Canada was great. It was what you said, Brandon, probably the defining moment in this Olympics for America. It was the best thing that happened to us. However, to try to paint that as the 1980 men's Olympic team beating Russia, you're out of your mind. I don't think anybody's trying to say that. Oh, yes, they did. They absolutely did. I heard it on local broadcasts and national broadcasts where this is a you know a second miracle on ice, well, not a miracle on ice. All right. Is it okay if I jump in here, Chris? Now you or am may I going to get my so. hand slapped? Now you may speak. Okay, so I just think the story is – I haven't heard that. But the story is, first of all, that's, what, that's the product you get when you send the best in your sport, unlike what the men did. They didn't send the NHLers. So you sent the best in your sport, and you get a product like that. It went to shootout. Rooney – the the USA um, goalkeeper uh, goalie. I keep saying I'm a soccer guy. I keep saying goalkeeper. The goalie was stopping shots. She should not stop. I mean, she, you know, to use the hockey term, she was literally standing on her head. And then it goes to overtime. Everybody had great chances. I thought US in the third actually outplayed Canada. They had more chances. But then it goes to a shootout, and I it probably one of the best shootout moves. I have ever seen. Was the the Canadian girl who like went all the way to the left, made the goalie fall over, and then shot net? I'm I'm a I'm a a layman hockey fan. Like I enjoy the Stanley Cup. I I enjoy watching, but that was impressive. Yeah, like the game winner was it was a head fake left right, and the Canadian goal, uh, goalie had no idea where she was. And then that's how the U.S. win is on. They actually had to stop another Canadian shot. But there you go. Rooney stops. She's solid as she can be. And then U.S. wins the gold. I got you. And that in curling, I think, is uh, sadly enough, <laughs> is why the Olympics sucked. Because that's all you got out of these Olympics. Well, here's the, and here's the thing with that. Is that the U.S. women, this, for those ladies, is going to be the highlight of their athletic career, period. Right. They may come back and win another gold, and if they do, then it may be equally as great for them in their lives. However, your other events in the Olympics now, these kids are not in this to win the gold medal for their country and have it be their crowning achievement. Sean White wins gold in the half pipe. Sean Pipe, a Sean White kid, Sean Pipe, it's been a bit of a rough day. Sean White. <laughs> is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire many times over who really in the bigger scheme of things would rather be doing something out in the X Games or on the Dew Tour than the Olympics. You think Red, be- Red, Red, I want to say Grange, Red Gerard, who won the first Olympic medal, in the aftermath of winning that Olympic medal, you could tell it was like, this is really cool. But it wasn't that moment for him. He hadn't grown up wanting to win Olympic gold. He had grown up wanting to be on the Dew Tour 
and wanting to be on magazine covers and getting sponsorship deals with snowboard companies. And all of that is going to fall in place now. That gold medal, and pardon me if I get this wrong, if you're out there, Red Gerard, and if you want to call me and tell me I'm wrong, cool. But the gold medal was secondary. Lindsey Vaughn has made a gazillion dollars skiing in her life. Did she want to win Olympic gold? Yeah. But not at the level Olympians used to when we were growing up where these folks sacrificed for four years at a time and you know lived out of a van because they were amateur athletes and all they wanted out of life was a gold medal that doesn't exist anymore and i think i think the sporting public is picking up on that and it's like oh that was cool well and sean uh sean white his one of his goals i don't know how many he did but i think on his second run it's fi- I think 55 is a perfect score, I think. You're completely wrong. But it's it was really, really, really high for one run. Let's just put it that way. But the entire time he's doing it, and he's an American doing it, and I'm an American, and I love Americans, and I want them to do well in the Olympics. And the whole time he's doing it, I'm like, this guy drugged the flag down the hill. Like, I could just – I cringed as – Military people had to be watching that going, what in the hell is this dude doing? It's not just military people. The people that were at home watching the Olympics are an older part of our country. Young folks, I can tell you, I got a house full of millennials who couldn't give a shake about the Winter Olympics, the Summer Olympics, or anything else that has to do with a sport. Sean White (laughs) was probably the most well-known American athlete at these games. And had to know going in. I mean, he was a huge medal favorite. And the perfect score in the halfpipe is 100, by the way. And his first run, he scored like a 96. No, trust me. Trust me on this one. Okay. So he had plenty of time to visualize and think about how it would go down. And in that moment, there were crocodile tears and all the rest of that. And the image that America got is him... literally dragging the American flag along with him as he went through to get his congratulations. Yeah, and he got skinned up for it. That's what I'm saying is that it's not about America. It's not about the gold medal for these folks. It doesn't make them bad people. Barry Bonds said a long time ago, world championships don't pay the bills. These guys have a, a different focus, and this to them in a lot of cases is just another event that they do. But to think that they have the same kind of passion to compete for their country just for that gold medal as folks did 30 years ago is silly. Well, and I I used to look forward to bobsledding because there's always that potential for the NASCAR wreck type moment in bobsledding. But now the technology is such, and these guys know what they're doing and such, like – if you get off a little bit, the the sled shakes just a little bit. They're like, oh, that they're that's what just ended yep. their hopes. But yep. you don't get the drama of somebody flying out of the thing. You know, I know. I actually made that statement to my wife at one point. But here's my question with regard to bobsled. Bobsled, Trent, has been a sport over the years where we have seen athletes from other sports come in and participate as part of bobsled teams. Herschel Walker, Willie Galt did it for the United States. It's usually former football players and stuff that are the pushers. But then the driver is always a bobsled nerd. That's, you know, the leader of the team and this guy running it or this is the girl running it or whatever the case might be. And generally speaking, is the least athletic person on that team. Dude, 
The United States should win the bobsled at every competition ever for the rest of creation. Dude, it Dude just, here's the answer. And we have it. We watch it every Sunday. Put a NASCAR driver at the front of that sled. Dude, it just hasn't been the same since the Jamaicans won it. I, we, the <laughs> Jamaicans never won they anything. Just they, just, they just did. They didn't even like, they were like last. Dude, last. did you not watch Cool oh Running? Oh my God. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but wait a minute. They, they I, fell nobody, and they carried their Nobody even the gets the gravity of what I said except Greta. Mark Martin is a heck of an athlete. Remember he big swole little dude, you know, driving around. He's been retired now for a couple of years. Are you trying to tell me he couldn't drive that sled better than some bobsled nerd? Can you that imagine? That dude would be figuring out how to drag. He'd be cutting whole new lines. We've got these guys. They're not doing anything during the winter. Let Jeff Gordon bring him out of retirement, pair him up with Herschel Walker, can you, and they win the bobsled. Can you, imagine, can you imagine Dale Earnhardt Sr. in a bobsled? Like Dude. he'd be pounding people out of the, their sleds? Absolutely. And that's the next thing is, you know, we had speed skating pursuit. Let's do pursuit in bobsleds because what you said is it and i hate to be the guy to tell anybody that is is sensitive to this i want to see more bobsled crashes sorry there i said it got half an hour to go you're listening from the cheap seats keep on hanging out check us out on social media at cheap seat radio you're listening to Crystal Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Think about how many rednecks would tune in for that. I would. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back. Last half hour. We've been all over the map today. One last thing about the Winter Olympics. First of all, I just want to say one more time, NBC sucks. And, you know, commit one way or the other. Either you're going to cover it live or you're not. But I don't understand with all the channels at NBC's disposal why they didn't dedicate a particular channel. They could have taken CNBC and done everything that was happening on ice through the entire thing. They could have gone and done all the skiing events on a different one of their channels, but instead they just sort of jumped around all the time. And then they had this one particular channel. It was on 664 on DirecTV. I don't even know what it was called, but three quarters of the time during the Olympics, it was a doggone static display that said Winter Olympics experience. Dude, there was something going on like 16 hours a day for two weeks. 
And what we got was an awful lot of curling. And I do have to say that the South Korean women's team, you guys watched a lot of Olympics, right? A lot of the coverage. Did you not see the South Korean girl with glasses? No, nobody was as impressed. Yeah, she's like a curling superstar. I saw the Russian, The Russian girl in the mixed, she was like a, a social media sensation. But that South Korean team captain was pretty smoking. And my she wife was, was like, was, I'm tired of watching South Korean women's curling. You can turn the channel now. <laughs> she's cute. She was really pretty, but she had this look on her face. Like, if you even tried to approach her, the first thing out of her mouth was like, I have a boyfriend. Like, I mean, she's not even trying to talk to you, right? That Yes, she did have that look about her. Like, yeah, camera, get off me. You'd be asking her, hey, where can I get a good sandwich? And she's like, I have a boyfriend. Please leave. So I do I do want to share one story. Greta, I'm going to need your feedback on this. Okay. So a friend of mine who shall remain nameless, um, I was in one of my favorite hangouts a couple weeks ago, and a friend of mine was – particularly smitten with a bartender at this establishment that shall remain unnamed for the purposes of this story. And the bartender that he was like ogling, and it's not Brandon Atkins. It is another one of my very good friends. I said, you really need to just holler at her. Doesn't appear that she's rocking a wedding band, whatever. And that just wasn't going to happen. So I decided to, you know, speed the process along a little bit because I'll talk to anybody. And I was like, hey, come here for a second. So my buddy, blah, 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 made the introduction. And she immediately says, I'm working on myself right now. I'm really just not into the whole dating thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to like take care of some things. And I, I'm just not wanting to see anybody. But thank you. And I will get up with you if things change. So the very next day, I get a series of screenshots from every conceivable dating app on the internet of this girl's profile. <laughs> she was from like, this very same guy. And I've never known brokenheartedness like that. Over somebody that, you know, you'd never talk to. She's like, it's not you. No, wait, it is you. Yeah, it I is just you. But just literally you. like three different <laughs> dating profiles from Match, from I don't even know. She doesn't probably mean, though, she's using them. Whoever said friend is. She may have she them. Doesn't mean she's using them. Oh, but Trent, Trent tried to be the adult supervision here yeah. and ruining what I thought was a funny story. <laughs> they well, she, they may not have been inactive. She Sorry. may not have been using them. <laughs> Well, she might not have been, but probably she just wasn't into that person and was like, mm, I'm trying to be nice and be like, thanks, thank you. I'm not, I can't right now, but it's not you. But, you know. Yeah, but she's, so, even, she's even on Grindr. You know what I mean? Like, she's <laughs> out there. <laughs> so is, well, so. it's creepy then for the friend to be stalking her. When so that is a little creepy. When he was being polite and being like, thank you, but I'm not into it. So, so right, am, what I'm right. asking is, is on a B level, yeah. where is this at from one to ten? Because is it more... Uh, a B seven, B eight, or is this graceful? What? Wait, what? B what? Come on, man. I think we're all confused. Work with me. Grant level. Oh, oh, I got you. I got you. I got she you. got me now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So wait, what is ten super? Um, yes. And one we'll call it brat. Okay. Um, ten is super bratty, and one is like real sweet. Yes. I think that is like 
a two. I think that's like the nicest thing. Okay. That's like, cool. Like if I like that's what I would say because I'm nice. But you, in my in my soul, in my heart, just right behind my tongue, I'm like, are you crazy? No, absolutely not. Never, never in a thousand years. No, absolutely not. Big thumbs down. But my niceness is like, you know what? I appreciate the offer, but I'm just not available right now. Because that woman was still looking for a tip. Yeah. Well, that's it wasn't true. Like, that's true from that's a practical standpoint. She got a job. So had he cashed out by then, it <laughs> might have been a completely different interaction. Or if he's met her at, you know, 7-Eleven. What if she got said... It. No, nah, I'm really trying to work on myself and any other man oh. besides that you. That would be like a uh, But I'm pretty totally sure funny. that said bartender, whoever she is, um, was trying to be was trying to be sweet. Well, like, you, you have to be careful with with doling out tens though, because yeah. we hold our tens. We're not like Olympic skating judges. Uh, I see, I see. We hold those tens for something truly special. So we might have been a 9.2, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you okay. got to leave some room there because okay. you never know what could possibly come down the pipeline. I just I envision your friend stalking her on all these sites That's going, so you're right saying there. there's a chance. <laughs> See, I would have said, uh, I would have said, well, if you need any help working on yourself, let me know. Oh. And then I would have walked away. Don't call me later. I don't care. I get it. It's cool. I'm yeah. Out. So you're like a, you're like a scorched earth kind of guy. Yeah. You're like I'm gonna get my say in, and you know if it, if it, if it pisses you off, then Dude, so be it. I've gotten turned down so many times; it's not even funny. I've so, heard them all. So that have, would that's actually probably the nicest I would have well, ever that's what been turned down. It was, a, yeah. it was very very sweet. I would have hated it. I would rather them laugh at my face and say, Psh, "Screw no. you," and that's what thousands of women have always done to me. I would have been better. <laughs> he said that funny. Dude, I got my wife because I kept her drunk and then knocked her up. That's that the only crazy. reason she married me. So I learned. I just banged my head off the microphone when you said that. Yeah, something. My headphones Does just your, went out. Does your wife listen to the show? Yeah. Was it's she, true, though. I validate her. this story. You she was her? the hottest chick I ever dated. The first person that I ever heard that she thought I was hot, kept her drunk and knocked so her up. But I, I do that, have to say, and, totally and, and Brandon, I think, can attest here, we were a little curious as to how you managed to outkick your coverage the way you did. <laughs> I don't like to talk about another man's wife and, and Dude, her Dude, I was a GM at Applebee's. I was a GM at Applebee's. She was a server at Red Lobster. She came in and drank the 23-ounce beers, and then we'd go home. <laughs> We got married six months to the day that we ever met, and she was four months pregnant, dude. That was the old. <laughs> and you're saying that like you're uber proud. 17 years later, she's still drunk, and we have two kids. That nice. was the, that was the old keep a wifey baby, right? Yeah. You go. You went Misty, ahead. And this wasn't this wasn't included in the production meeting. We didn't know. We didn't put him up to this. So the next time you see me, don't hit me with a heavy heavy object. I had nothing to do with this. And all this started from Trent trying to give us perspective on this girl trying to be nice to one of my friends. Very cool. So I'd be remiss. Do we have anything left to cover about the Winter well, Olympics? You know, well, I don't know about Winter Olympics, but do you know who's taking some time to work on himself? Who's that? Is uh, Sean Miller, the uh, Ooh, Arizona. Hi so, so Sean Powell. You would be interested to know. Brandon Atkins has had his chefs fully. My mouth is not working right today. Has had his chest fully puffed out for a month. 
because he's been on an amazing run of predictions. And it started with the doggone Super Bowl where he went against the grain and said Philly was going to win. And then he's just hit out of the park, out of the park, out of the park, out of the park. I'm going to tell you, I went two for two last week. Last week on the show, I told you Sean Miller was a dead man walking and shame on the national media for not paying any attention to the fact that Arizona was going to get crushed. Mm -hmm. And this week, much to my joy, Sean Miller now is caught on an FBI wiretap talking about a $100,000 payment with DeAndre Ayton. I have my chest fully puffed out, Brandon Atkins. That's how Trent got his wife. He was like, Psst, I'll pay you $100,000 to marry me. No, nah, man, you called two. It was on the heels. Was, and the second one. It was on the heels of me saying that Louisville's banner was coming down the oh, day yeah. before I actually got yes, it. Yes, you did. Yes, you the did. The day before it actually happened, I made, the, I made called that shot. But then your second one was. Yahoo broke the story and gave a list of about 15 different schools, big programs that included Duke and included UNC, and Brandon's pucker factor went to about 99 on a 100 scale. <laughs> and he called me and he said, who do you think this is? And I said, you know, the only player I can think of is Tony Bradley. Bradley came in. I was like, please don't be Tony. Came in as a big-time recruit, left after a year before he should have. And I said, anybody like that that's, that's that money-motivated that's going to leave school early – and, and give up the prospect of improving their position down the road might be willing to listen to somebody. Now, what it turns out to have been is after he had announced for the draft, so I really don't think that there's going to be a whole lot coming down the pipe for UNC well, he, on this. He announced he was going to the NBA. Then his father goes to the agency, and they call in pizza. And that was the impermissible uh, benefit. Like – that's the next step. I think you got, you know, it used to be that if you had too much cream cheese on a bagel, that was impermissible. Yeah. That's a real thing, mm -hmm. by the way. And that is a lot different than giving Markel Fultz 37 grand or uh, DeAndre Ayton getting 100 grand. Yes. A lot, lot different. Of course. So it is. that's the next step. You know what? I'm annoyed. And um, this is the biggest, wouldn't you say this is the biggest? problem that the uh, college basketball has had probably in, since its birth. It's pretty close. It's a crisis. So I mean, there's been some point shaving and things like that that have happened. But across the board, all these programs, what annoys me is somebody like Tom Izzo getting annoyed about questions. He says, I'll take two questions about that. We just won our championship. Hold up. You can't take some time to address the most serious scandal in men's basketball that's ever happened? Well, the question and I have... you still played Miles Bridges. But we might find out that he shouldn't have played in that game. Izzo's had a tough year, though, because before it was all the Larry Nasser stuff, and that's, now he has to deal with this. This man needs to just retire. But wait a minute. Tom Izzo, and I go back to that, because Tom Izzo really hadn't even come out on the record and been willing to deal with questions about nope. that. Yeah, so why would he deal with this? And, yeah, but, and, and, but to and me, that's an... I want to I want to clarify something here because we've got Napoleon's corporal in the building this morning. Greta Zanster, when we say Michigan State and sexual assault charges, do you have any idea about the story that's going on right now? Uh, no. Okay, so Michigan State was home to Dr. Nasser, who was the physician for the women's Olympic gymnastics team for years. Okay. 
It has come to light, and he has been convicted of multiple counts of sexual assault on our Olympic gymnasts who are national treasures. Also, the creepiest thing about that is if it was the women's gymnastics teams, those are like 13-year-olds. Yes, exactly. And like they abs- prepubescent because the way they are trained, they yes. don't ever like even get any boobs. Well, All of and, that is correct. And when he says multiple, how many? Tell oh, her how many. 159 what? accusations. And does not even really put up much of a dispute about this. And now it has come to light that Michigan State systematically covered it up. Even during the investigation, during the prosecution of doc, Dr. Nasser, they withheld documents from the FBI. And it's even worse. Even after some of the molestation, these girls basically kept going back to the, to him. Yeah. Over and over and over the because US they Olympic, were confused. The, the Gymnastics Federation was kind of steering these girls and forcing them. And if they yeah. wanted to be part of the system, they had to go deal with this pedophile it's a horrific situation. And then in the aftermath, it comes out that the, the university covered it up. And now it appears that they also covered up rape complaints, sexual assault allegations against players on the football and basketball teams. Yeah. And neither the football coach nor the, the head coach of the basketball team, Tom Izzo, who is an icon, they won't even deal with questions about it. So now on the heels of that, you have Michigan State that's wrapped into this FBI probe about paying players and illegal benefits, and Tom Izzo decides to big-time it and say, I'll well, take two questions. And I'm Tom not- Izzo, you're in the pantheon of college basketball coaches. You need to do a better job than that. We'll finish this up. we got 15 more minutes to go. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, we've got 15 minutes to go, and I want to give Brandon an opportunity to make an observation. And and he's got a hot, hot, burning hot take that he wants to get out there. But before I do that, I want to remind you, we will be at Libations on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. 6 p.m. this Wednesday, your teased category is Will Ferrell movies. Will Ferrell movies will be one of the categories. Now, we also, in conjunction with Libations, will be doing an NCAA tournament bracket challenge. The grand prize, we're going to drop $500 on this? Probably. $500. Your place to pick up your brackets in that four-day window is going to be at Libations purveyors of fine wines and craft beers $500 to the winner it's going to cost you $20 per bracket you can put in as many brackets as you care to all of this money the proceeds we raise will go to charity we got to pick a good one we'll get that hooked up but we're going to do it we will also have you in studio to officially crown you king or queen of college basketball (laughs) and there'll be some other benefits and perks that go along with it (laughs) additionally April 28th 
April 28th, that's Saturday at 10 a.m., we will be hosting our third dodgeball tournament, raising money for Alzheimer's research. Go to Facebook, at Cheap Seat Radio. We'll take you to the From the Cheap Seats page. Check it out. There's more information there. All your registration stuff is there. If you have any questions, whatever, email us at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. And if you have any other input about the show, something you want to see, something we've done, something you want, a question you want to ask, email us at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. And Trent will assign you a random <laughs> accent that will probably sound like a gold miner. <laughs> and read your question on the air. We'll do our best with it. We'll get feedback. But we love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us this long. Again, this week's tease category at Libations, Will Ferrell Movies. Check it out. Mm. We'll be there. I'm there. Now, Brandon Atkins called me this weekend and said, I got something that I believe to be true. Yeah, it's hot take, okay? so But wait a minute. I, I need to clarify before you start that hot take does not give you license to say something that you know to be false. You can't you can't come back later and say, well, I said it was a hot take. Because hot take doesn't mean you're saying, hey, this is a possibility. This is a legit prediction that you believe to be true. This me saying that me saying it's a hot take is like me saying with all due respect. Oh Lord. It's kind of a disclaimer. No, I feel strongly about it, strongly enough that I'll put my name on it. But um, my hot take is is that for the first time ever, a 16 seed is going to be a number one in the NCAA tournament. And my logic is this, what follows. First of all, every year a 15 beats a 2, okay? Seems like it. There's not much difference between a 15 I'm, – I'm sorry, a 1 and a 2. There might be a lot of difference between – and that's the point you made between a 15 and a 16, which I kind of agree with. And I said last night when we were talking about this, I said, you know what? I'm going to research. I'm going to try to find out who the last of the last four in, who might be the 16s. And I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. After I hung up with you, I said, <laughs> I'm not doing that research. <laughs> because it's too much speculation at this point. <laughs> too much speculation at this point. But what I figured out is that all you got to look at is the teams that could potentially be at the top. Okay? Virginia. Junk offense, offense. If somebody gets hot from three point line, they are easily susceptible. Um, you're shaking their head. I'm saying it's probably not going to happen. This is a hot take. You got Michigan State. Hey, whoa! You just you said, said when you, you started this, I believe this yeah. could really happen. And I do. Now you're, now I do. You're okay. Backing off well, already. But no, he didn't say specifically Virginia was oh, going to be okay. that upset. Oh, okay. 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 So let's take a team more like this. More likely, let's say Kansas squeezes in. Bill Self probably needs to be in the running for Coach of the Year this year because he's done it with smoke and mirrors with this team. They move the ball really well, but they depend on the three-point shot. Imagine them getting cold against a hot team. That's likely to happen because now they own a share of their 14th straight Big 12 championship Which in the regular season. Which is amazing. They, a record. They just broke the record. UCLA had 13. Yeah. I mean, Kansas is the Atlanta Braves of college basketball. I mean, he's done it for 14 straight years. But then you look at teams like Duke. You know what I mean? They haven't exactly lit the world on fire. Villanova just lost back-to-back games against Providence and Creighton. You okay. know, Creighton right. is a good representation of maybe the last four in the 64. Okay. 
I, I tell you what we're going to do here. So have, you've made your you made your point. I think I've I think I made my point. Sean here. Powell, you're going to be our arbiter here. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna arbitrate this. All right. All of what you just said about the teams that may potentially be one seeds and how this year's college basketball season has played out, to me, makes it less likely than ever that a one seed would go down to a 16. People at home need to understand it's never happened. Now, here's why. As we sit here today, after all these months of college basketball, these teams have played 30-plus games apiece, we do not have a clear set of one seeds for this year's tournament. There's not a team out there that at this point, if they don't win their conference tournament, is a lock to be a one seed. Probably the closest to it is Michigan State. But I still think if Michigan State doesn't win the Big Ten title, they could fall to a two seed. So here's my thinking. Your one seeds this year are not going to be able to teams that ran away and hid and lost a game or two and then blow it or coast through their conference tournament. Each one of these one seeds is going to have to be hot down the stretch and hot through their tournament so that they can win their tournament to get a one seed. Does everybody, Trent, do you agree that that's the case? Because are there some ones I'm not thinking about that could blow it in their tournament and still be a one? Maybe only Villanova. Maybe Villanova. Unless they lose to Xavier. Gotcha. So, my point is, is that because in this year, there's no one seeds that have run, run away and hide and could be playing less than their best down the stretch, I think that because your one seeds are all going to be hot teams, I think the likelihood of a 16 beating one of those ones is actually lower than it would be in a normal year. Sean, you have to make the call. Which one of us has got this right? Hold on. Let me, well, hold on. Let me right. make one point. One point. The last four in is not the yeah, 16 not, seeds. Not 16. The they conference. could be seven or eight seeds. They could be higher yeah, seeds. Yeah, no doubt. It doesn't matter. The 16 seeds are like the University of Birmingham at Alabama. You know, it's these smaller conferences that get the automatic bid. Yes. It doesn't mean if a Crichton gets in, they're a stronger team. Heck, last year they were number two in the nation at one point. That's it. Creighton. So, But that doesn't mean they're 16s. That's the only flaw yes. I see in his theory. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. But but I mean it's a simple it's a binary choice here. Which one of us made the better argument? And if you don't call it, we may have to resort to well, super fights. Here's the deal. And pull out the cards. But I mean, what, what better year to do it when these are clearly the weakest number ones that we've maybe ever seen ever? And I say your that, ones are going to have to be hot to get their one seeds, and that reduces the likelihood that one's going out. So, you, John Powell, the, the yes-no question here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me pull a Chris DeLambert. Wait, 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 wait. We're running out of time. Okay. Look, dude, just because you win two games to end the regular season doesn't mean you're actually on a tear, right? That doesn't. We only got a few more games. Wait a minute. If you win the ACC tournament or the Big East tournament or the Big Ten tournament – or the Pac-12 tournament, yeah, you're on a tear at the Okay, end of the well, not all the people who are vying for those number ones or at the top of the rankings are all going to win. That's not going to happen. Not all of them. Not and one the ones th- that don't are going to go in as two seeds. Okay, but that's my point. The weakest number ones we've ever seen. I, I always want 
a 16 seed to win. Everybody does. Yeah. Thanks, and Sean. So, Thanks for deciding so that. Appreciate let's, it. Let's be hopeful and say this is the year. Greta Zanstra. Hey. You, Greta, you listen to all of this. One of us has to be correct, and one of us has, is, has to be wrong. Either it is more likely that a 16 will be to one, which means the worst team in your bracket beats yeah. the best team, yes. or it's less likely. We made two absolutely different it's arguments, true. so true. one of us has to be wrong, one of us has to be right. Here's the thing. It was like you were having these arguments in my ears. It sounded like you were doing it like in French. Like I literally had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> So, um, but in, it's the American way these days to say whoever's loudest and most belligerent wins. So Chris wins. Thanks. Okay. I hold am on. the loudest and most so, belligerent. Hey, okay. By the way, Listen, before, before, hold on. Before we, since I wasn't loud enough, <laughs> before we lose, um, run out of town, congratulations, NC State. You punched your ticket beating Florida State. I had to get that in there because I'm such a state hater. Go pack. Or so people think. But way to go. I, uh, who won the argument? I Black said, Betty says. Uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. I, I have said the whole year that this may be it. You think oh! a 16 beats for a 1? Some, for somebody to stub their toe, oh, I'm going to have see. to agree with Brandon. So we the group see. more or less kind of leaned towards me outside of Gret- Greta's lame, well, you're loud. Was she, well, no, no, I mean, no. She it was 2 to 1 me. Brandon to Chris. Brandon's upset now that he's not the loudest, most belligerent in this segment. That was pretty cool, I guess. It was 2 to 1 Brandon, so I think... Well, and if I get this, ultimately, you thought I've been you thought I've been obnoxious up until this point. If I get this one, brilliant. oh my lord! If, yeah, but if, most if, people are if like a sixteen beats a one. I'm gonna fire myself because I'm not gonna be able to sit here. with People you. root for the sixteens to beat the one every year. We're like, man, this could be it. Come on, come on! But then they position it. The teams that always go against, it's like they're giving them that buy. But that's so it's so what, hard. That's what they've earned being that one yeah. seed gets exactly. you exactly. So, but this year. You never know because we don't know what's going on in these small conferences. I think this is, and we've seen bad losses by all these teams. Yeah, Duke to included, bad teams. Carolina, to bad teams. Carolina gets beat by Wofford. Well, if I mean, Brandon is correct on this, we will never forget that he called this. When each one of the one seeds wins by 15 points, we're gonna. This will just be a blip on the radar, and nobody will remember that he made this fearless. If Brandon prediction. is correct, he's getting signed by ESPN. Absolutely. We'll see. You. Thanks for checking us out. We'll be doing this again next week. Come check us out at Libations. Check the Facebook page. All of that at Cheap Seat Radio. Love you guys. We're out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.